I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. Each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, video games, and much more. Put your shades on and listen to all episodes on SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, shades on. We're off. It's time to get nerdy. It's the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a next wave podcast and a bad cast company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. And now your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. What's up, Nerd Nation? Welcome to the podcast where everyone knows your name. Cheers, Cheers to you. This is 30 and Nerdy, and I am your host with the most, residing in Nerdmore Manor in the ATL. That's right, it's the Duke of Nerdledge, the sire of the Nerdy South, the sweet tea of Nerdlosophy, yours truly, Tyler Blake. As always, great to be joined by my co-host from the Fortress of Nerditude in the town of Morris. That's right, the juicy one, the nerdtorious JLD, the PhD of nerdology, Sergeant Sound Effect himself. <laughs> Dr. Davis. Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, Doc? My infamous uh, immune system has... Uh let me down yet again Uh, i had strep this past week it's going around like crazy around here the the receptionist at the doctor said that she has never seen strep this widespread before really yeah and uh becky had it before that and so far knock on wood emma has has not had it she's been okay but yeah it was it was rough going there for about two or three days but everything's cool now i'm i'm Back to 100% or almost 100%. Uh, for me, I'm at 100%. We'll just put it that way. Hmm. So, happy to be here. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Um, you know, we uh, I talked about how I got hit on the way up here uh, after, right, after right. moving. And uh, so, this week, I uh, decided to tackle that. And um, so, I went to the Chrysler dealer because originally the... Uh, the guy who hit me, his insurance company said that I would have to go to the local Chrysler dealer for them to surmise the damage and how much it would take for them to fix it. 
Well, then they at the Chrysler de- de- dealer send me ten miles down the road to their Chrysler body shop for them to take a look at it and tell me how much it would be for them to fix it. So I go down there, and then they send me the, to the body shop. I go to the body shop, and then I talk to this person who I waited for for like 20 minutes. And then uh, they said, no, 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 no. Progressive is supposed to come out and see your car. I said, well, he has Geico. And I oh, well, they do the same thing. You need to meet up with, with someone who's connected to his insurance company. They need to meet you somewhere, and they surmise the damage and how much... They are they are going to put towards fixing it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, guys, get your so get your story straight! Isn't this what y'all are in the business of?" They're giving you the runaround. Yeah, here. they are. Imagine that. But it has it has been a, an interesting week. Um, I went to uh, do this. Uh, I had submitted for some things up here, um, and one of the things I submitted for was. Uh, a small part in Riverdale. They filmed some of their Riverdale stuff up here for CW. And so I, I get an email from this casting director who's submitting for Riverdale. And they said, we saw that you're interested. Would you like to come in for a meeting? I immediately am freaking out like, yes, 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 absolutely. Yes. And so what happens is it's nine, nine talent. And I'm sure, like, there are ads all over the place for him on Facebook and stuff. And uh, so I go, and when I get there at this office park type place, there's like 30 to 35 other people in this room, okay? And so I was like, huh, kind of weird. This is like an open cattle call audition? Okay, cool. I've done one of those before for theater. I'm fine. And what it was was... Then we watched this PowerPoint on 9-9-Talent and some of their success stories, which I recognized nobody from these success stories. So I don't know how successful they were. Um, (laughs) I was like, I don't know any of these faces. And then they call you back in order of sign-up to talk to this, this agent. And... They look over your resume and stuff like that and talk to you a little bit about what your goals are and some of your your skills that you may have. And then they said, okay, well, it'll be a part of 99Talent. That'll be $400 tonight. Um, and, that, and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> they said, yeah. And I said, oh, I know what this is. You're trying to reach a quota, a bottom line. You're one of those talent agencies where you get all this money up front and it doesn't include headshots and stuff. I've done this before. Well, you know, we're we're very very successful, and I said I didn't, rec- and I actually like, I've changed a little bit since I've moved here, Juice. Um, I've gotten a little little tougher, a little grittier. The city has yeah. started rubbing off on me, so I left my in one whole in week, one whole week. I've <laughs> these are the effects of Atlanta on a small on town a boy, boy from a small town. So I um I left my resume there, and I said, here's the deal: if you're dead serious about putting me in something i'm gonna leave my resume here for you you get me a successful awesome job i'll pay you double if you make me millions right off (laughs) i'll pay you double that fee if you can get me on stranger things or a reoccurring part on some big new netflix series i said if you're dead serious about being a talent agency and you're successful 
you just let me know, okay? I was just like, okay, that was ridiculous. I drove through the city, through ridiculous amounts of traffic, to get somewhere early thinking that, here it goes. Here's the first opportunity. Here we go. We hit the ground running. I was so mad. So mad. Well, it's kind of like what you said. It's got to be a good omen, right? Rough start. Yes. It's going to all pay off. At yes. The um, I, I, I'm looking at it optimistically. So like, kind of like, okay, I got that out of the way. Uh, mm-hmm. So hopefully moving forward, some calls or things I submit for are a little more successful. Um, right. But, you know, uh, Logan's wife, Peyton, she, she does this craft business with her family. And mm-hmm. they run craft tables at, on all these sets. Like, she's met Sam Jackson and Charles Barkley from the Capital One commercials um, just by running a craft table on set while they're working on the commercial. Um, she's yeah. done all this stuff. So she's going to start um, uh, passing my name around to some of the uh, PAs that work with her for sets and all that. And I think I'm going to try to become an assistant of hers at one of the sets in a couple of weeks and just get my face out there. Uh, so yeah, it, man. all you need is to get that foot in yeah, the door. Yeah, so. absolutely. And we've been, you know, we've been getting, uh, we've been talking about this March nerdness bracket, the madness that is March. We wanted to join in on yeah. the, uh, the bracket game as well. And we're doing a nerd. We bracket. ain't talking about basketball no. people. No, we're talking about, nerd stuff here so we have been talking about everything and we put out the bracket and who's you know who's going against who in the first initial round and you fill out your bracket and you send it in to us and the majority of vote passes the person to the next round and we've gotten quite a few brackets in the past two weeks so it's 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 going good um but the all brackets are due march 1st uh, so if you're listening to this, email us, 30andnerdypod at gmail.com to find out how you can take place. Everybody who participates is going to get a gift from the show. Um, so we're all winners here. Um, it's going to be a lot Yeah, of absolutely. And uh, majority vote takes the next person to the next round. And we're going to do a couple episodes in March based off the bracket. Uh, and yeah. uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's It's been fun yeah. getting to read people's... Uh, kind of see where their mentality lies just by reading their bracket. Yeah, but some people got to get their priorities straight yeah. because their choices are just Some of them I'm like, bizarre. okay, this is bizarre. And then some of them you can see just bias, plain bias. Yeah. And then some people are going based off the, you know, the cliche who could win in a fight. And that's fine. You know, you're you're It's and it's basically any criteria that you want, yeah. right? And if you want to send you a just, small explanation, Send a small explanation on what your criteria was, and we'll even talk about that. You know what's what some people um, use to judge, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, we do aim to please. We do, we do. Uh, we want to make the fans happy, and uh, but but yeah, man, it's been a crazy week. Crazy week. I've been looking forward to this Sounds episode. Because like uh, um, oh, yeah. you know, last week we had a great conversation about all the lovely nerdy couples out there. Um, mm-hmm. Very. Uh, Fun episode to talk about. Um, we got a couple of emails saying that they enjoyed the episode, that they felt that we were both wrong on who the greatest nerd couple of all is. You're kidding I'm not me. kidding you. One person did say Aragorn and Arwen. 
uh, I was like, ah, but still. And then one person said Hermione and Ron, and I kind of laughed at that. Uh, <laughs> kinda, come on. I kind of audibly laughed. Just, what are you I let out about? a Jerry Malloy <laughs> laugh. <laughs> 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 but other than that, it's been a pretty good week. Pretty good week. Nice. Uh, and if you if you have not heard that nerdy couple episode, uh, you can find us. You know, everywhere. We are everywhere. Uh, and we hope that when you find us, wherever you find us, you rate us. You give us a good rating. I think when you rate us, you should give us... Hazards. See? Ain't that the cutest voice? I mean, you cannot... You cannot turn down that sweet little voice. How How is Emma? How is she? I miss her. Well, Emma slept in her room by herself for the first time last night. Aww. She's growing up before my very eyes, man. It's it's crazy. She she sleeps in uh, a little pack and play in our bedroom, or she has uh, ever since she's been here. And last night she just said that she wanted to sleep in her crib, and we were like, "Are you sure?" And she said, "Okay." And we tucked her in, and she was all set. Wow. So yeah, we were expecting she'd wake up in the middle of the night and call for us. Nope, she was. Totally content with her little Elsa doll and her nightlight, and she was... Aw. Does it make you a little sad, though? It did. We were both kind of like, wow. (laughs) She's she's getting to that point where she's a lot more independent, so it's it's fun. Well, what are we going to talk about this week, Juice? Well, I'm looking at a pop on my desk here right now of one Harley Quinn wearing caution tape. And uh, this is from the new movie, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which is in theaters right now. That's right, right now. So if you haven't seen Birds of Prey, please be warned that there will be spoilers. Yes, there will be. But not until later. We will give you another warning before that time. So stick with us until then. Then hit pause. Then run to the theaters. See Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. Come back and join in on the conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like to think that that's one thing we do that's really cool is it, we are we do set our show up the, to where you can do that. You know, yeah. we're not spoiling all the way through. We warn you. Right up front. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And we give people a little bit of time. You know, you and I, we're we're pretty quick to go and see the brand new movies and everything like opening night or opening weekend some people don't get around to it that quickly but they still want to be included in in the conversation so we give them a a week or two to catch up before we discuss the movie Mm -hmm. so that's what we're doing for you fine folks out there so go see harley quinn birds of prey whatever you want to call it they've got a couple names for it (laughs) but we'll, we'll get to that later but yeah we're going to be talking about birds of prey and uh, absolutely, we will get to all that after a word from our sponsor. All right. Need a commercial? How about a promotional video for your upcoming event or production? Let the coolest cats in town take care of you. The professionals at Freddy Cat have the knowledge, ability, and experience to serve all of your visual marketing needs. They do feature films, documentaries, corporate videos, commercials, music videos, and weddings. You can reach Freddy Cat Productions at 423-231-2839 or at freddycatproductions.com. 
All right, it is time to talk nerdy to you. Um, now, I did not come up with this word. Um, the The term has been heard ever since the 90s. Oh, so you mean but you, you cheated is what you're saying. I did not cheat. I just, I'm rebooting it. I'm rebooting it. We're in a world of reboots. I thought you don't like reboots, though. I don't, but sometimes you just have to. Hypocrite! Yeah. All right, I am. go on. The word is Poindexter. <laughs> okay. Okay? Okay. <laughs> now, especially in this day and age of comic book movies being like the top of the top of Hollywood, Poindexters are all over the place. <laughs> they look and wear and talk as if they are a nerd. You know, you'll see the athletes with the Batman shirts and like, yeah, I saw... Uh, in game, and you know, we've talked about them before. Like it's mainstream now, so these Poindexters are out there. But the minute you talk to them about lore, or comic book issues, or actual true supernatural nerd intelligence stuff, they don't know what to talk about. Oh, how the tables have turned! Mm, As yes, Michael Scott these. would say, "Oh, how the turntables." <laughs> these are your Poindexters. They're out there, and just because the movies are mainstream, they're wearing the clothes and they're talking as if they're nerd, but they're not nerd. Don't let them fool they're you. They're imposters. They are. I thought about doing like nerd poster, but <laughs> then I, I saw I, I was listening to um, some '90s music while I was in the shower. I have this '90s playlist, and um, there's this song uh, that said something about. Like you was Poindexter. Do you remember that song from the nineties? No. You got you wanted. Oh, you got yeah, okay. Baby, during the little rap part, this guy says something about being Poindexter, and I was like, "That's oh, right, Bust a Move." Nobody is the name of nobody, that song. Yes, Bust a Move. I was like, nobody uses the word Poindexter anymore. I forgot. About I'm going to use it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that uh, is your nerd word for the week. And why don't we get to your favorite segment? Let's do it. And it is called What You Watching. So, Tyler, what you watching? Well, man, um, I have uh, been playing Dishonored a lot, playing through the the two games. Okay. And I have gotten uh, Logan back on track, and we are watching Young Justice. I know I've talked about it a lot. Um, and also I gave the Harley Quinn animated show a try on DC streaming service. You know what? Not to interrupt you, but I gave that a try too. I didn't make it very far, uh, and I, I never came back to it. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like they've taken DC characters and put it in, I don't know, like Bob's Burgers or... yeah. It, or it, Rick and Morty, or some kind of universe. It felt it's just weird. I, I, like I said, I didn't make it very far, uh, but it felt very forced to me. Yeah, you know, it does. That's how I would describe it. Just very forced. Like, look, we're gonna be gritty, and this is for adults, and it's and we're cussing, yeah, and all that. Exactly, and, exactly. So I don't know. Um, maybe on a rainy day, which it has not stopped raining since I moved here. Wow. Uh, it's been bad. Maybe on a different rainy day, 
I'll give it another go. But uh, as of right now, I'm not a massive fan. So what you're saying is uh, if people haven't seen it, they're really not missing much? No, they are not. My girl, not uh, my girl and, Kaylee Cuoco voices Harley in that, so that was a big draw for me, but uh, mm-hmm. it just didn't really hit the mark for me. No. It's almost like they're trying to get away from the Mr. J type Harley. Yeah. And uh, sometimes change is good, and sometimes it just falls flat. I, and for me, this fell flat. I wish that they had just had Margot Robbie do it. I mean, why not? It feels like she's pretty widely accepted as, like, a great Harley, mm-hmm. you know? And, I mean, I'm, yeah. I don't want to jump ahead too much, you know, because we're going to talk about Margot later. But, uh, yeah. again, some consistency with DC would just really be great. But Right? Alas. It would be fantastic. Alas, maybe one day. <clears throat> so, what are you watching? Well, we are about... 40-something days away from WrestleMania, the big show itself. We are. And we will be there. So I'm really trying to get my mind right. I've sort of been sort of disenchanted with wrestling for the past few months or so, I guess. Mm -hmm. Really quite a long time. So I'm, I'm trying to get back to watching it consistently. And I've talked numerous times on the show about how much I love the WWE Network not necessarily because of the wrestling, but the documentaries and the behind-the-scenes shows and the interview mm-hmm. segments and all that stuff. I love that. Well, when the when the network first launched, they had an original show on there called The Monday Night Wars, which any wrestling yeah. fan knows. The, the Monday Night Wars was in the 90s between WCW and the WWE. It was like a 14, 15-part documentary series. It was excellent, awesome stuff. So they've done a follow-up to that now about the ruthless aggression era. <laughs> and that started last this past weekend, I guess. There's two episodes out right now. The first one is sort of just like, here's what happened immediately after the war ended and WWE bought WCW. And mm-hmm. that episode ended with Kurt Angle sending out the ring talking. A young John Cena walks out to the ring. Kurt Angle says, what is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you could step into the ring with me? And John Cena pulls the mic up to his mouth. He says, ruthless aggression. And he hauls off and slaps Kurt Angle, an American hero, a gold medal winner, <laughs> an Olympic gold medalist, okay? And he won, and he won that with medal a broken, with a broken freaking, freaking neck. neck, okay? And he has the audacity, this John Cena, to slap him in the face. And that's about the time that the first episode ends, right with the slap. And then the second episode is strictly all about John Cena. And you know very, very well my feelings about John Cena. I am not a fan of John Cena. However, um, I actually do have a ton of respect for John Cena. And I'm not going to say that the documentary made me see him in a new light, uh, but really, yeah. my hatred for John Cena, the character, is not really his fault. It's because he was no. much like how fans have rejected Roman Reigns as the top guy, or most fans have rejected him as the top guy. It was the same thing. Just for years, every single pay-per-view, John Cena, the main event. John Cena is always the champion. John Cena always wins. John Cena can do anything. And that just does not appeal to me. Uh, to me, yeah. that was like hey, we're selling out because kids buy the shirts and the toys, and that's, you know, 
that's why they they did it so much. So I was not a fan of that. But I really enjoyed the documentary. And if you are a wrestling fan, I, I urge you to check it out, especially if you love the history of the business, just like I do. It's a great documentary series, and uh, WWE always does a great job on their documentaries and specials and all that stuff. So, highly recommend. Can't wait to see uh, what else they give us with that. And uh, looking forward to WrestleMania. So, Me too, dude. And uh, we're going to be there. We're excited. Um, very excited. And hey, the um, offer still still stands. If you're a listener from you know wherever in the world and you're going to be at WrestleMania, let your boys know and... Please let us. We want to take pictures and stuff. We want to. We want to meet people who listen to the show. Um, And if you're if you're unable to watch those documentaries that WWE does so well, you can get them on the WWE Network for the low low price of nine ninety nine a month. (laughs) Now with this, you don't get just current stuff. You get past stuff from. The inception, almost, of the WWE. Every pay-per-view, every Monday Night Raw, every uh, thing from the WCW, the ECW, the ter- yes. a lot of the territory stuff is on mm-hmm. there. I mean, just mm-hmm. endless, endless stuff. You, you could probably never in a lifetime watch all of this content. Um, now, have, um, has the Ruthless Aggression... Uh, now they're obviously they'll talk about stuff and they'll interview people who went through it, right? Yeah, yeah. I I want to know. You let me know when Freebird gets to talking. Because you know he's in every documentary. I think that he was on there. I think he was. Really? Uh, one, I was excited because there was a lot of Jim Cornette on there. I'm a big Jim Cornette fan. Uh, pretty. <laughs> oh my! Pretty controversial fella, but. Uh, I really enjoy uh, listening to his shows and everything, but he was on there because, you know, John Cena started... In Ohio Valley. John Cena started at uh, the Ohio Valley uh, Wrestling, which was the developmental system for WWE, and Jim Cornette uh, ran that. He was the booker there, so uh, he started out working for Jim Cornette, so he had a lot to say. Now, he started out with the likes of Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar, Batista, all of them. Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin. That's right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, Cornette paved the way for a lot of talent that we have seen growing up so uh, he might be very controversial i might disagree with some things he talks about and his his uh i guess his method um i don't necessarily agree with pritchard i know that, that bruce pritchard and him don't like each other i don't really agree with either side but he is funny to listen to oh he's he's <laughs> so entertaining man he, he's great yeah and you know if you listen to his shows you know if if you don't have uh a lot of tolerance for political talk. I would avoid listening to Jim Cornette, but uh, you know, yeah. if you like that sort of thing, you'll get a lot of that, and it's stuff that I like to hear. So uh, that's fun. And he's he's a pretty harsh critic, I'll tell you that. But it's also sort of a shtick, you know. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I just sort of overlook that that part of it. But Jim Cornette does not get enough credit for his contributions to the business, especially to you know he he like you said he really built some of the top stars of the past decade, you know, or Absolutely. he helped to build them, you know, helped to develop them. So love Jim Cornette. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's all you're watching. Just getting ready for the mania season. Yeah. Hey, uh, are you going to be able to finish your clone wars watch through before the new season comes out? Um, I'm going to have to get on it or postpone starting the new season. Uh, me and Logan were talking earlier that how far behind we are. I mean, I'm, He's further behind than I am, but 
Bro, I am on season four of Rebels, like, already. I'm going to be done with Rebels. Yeah, yeah I, I've been eating it up. I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm a little anxious for a, a little bit of a Star Wars hiatus because I've been nonstop Star Wars since, like, November. Uh, yeah. But I have not seen, I had not seen uh, this last season of Rebels and most of the third season, I think. So I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's really getting good. And But the new Clone Wars uh, season comes out this week. And they're doing it one episode a week. So if you really get yeah. a move on it, you might be able to get caught up. Before it's all said and done so we can talk about it but yeah well that's yeah i mean i'll probably be caught up by then i mean I, i'm not doing a whole lot during the day right now so it'll give me a chance to catch up and especially it's it's something that you know it's short and it's sweet yeah that's what I like about the episodes. They're not hours long. Well, and I'll tell you this, too. If you're somebody who is wanting to, you know, get the gist of the Clone Wars and see the important stuff, but maybe not every single episode, because it is a lot. It's six seasons. Uh, there is a little playlist that Disney Plus has on there, and it's like the essential 20 episodes. And you can see some of the biggest moments from the Clone Wars in these 20 episodes. Uh, some of the biggest story arcs and all that stuff. So that's something you could do if you wanted to just get a little taste of it before the new season comes out. So maybe that's something Logan should do. Yeah, that'd be good. I like that. I like that they did that. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, why don't we get on to some nerd news? All right. We have been scouring the news for the past week and uh, narrowed it down to what we think are the biggest topics in the nerd world going on. So uh, why don't you take this first one, Juice? All right, I'll start out. So Rick Moranis is returning for an appearance in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids reboot. Uh, Okay, Uh, this is really big news because Rick Moranis has been retired. He he stopped acting about 20-something years ago or so. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time we'll have seen him, and uh, I think that is really cause for a lot of people who normally wouldn't want to watch the reboot to check it out. And I would be Absolutely. I would be included in that. Uh, Absolutely, say, I was not excited for a reboot. No, me neither. <laughs> just you know, I, I can't say that I was like clamoring for a Honey I Shrunk the Kids reboot or anything like that. And it's not something I'm going to be you know marking my calendar for, but. You know, when it comes out, I'll probably check it out, if nothing else, just to see Rick Moranis. So, Absolutely. It's a win. Um, it's definitely a win. Uh, I loved Rick Moranis. I loved him in Honey, uh, I Shrunk the Kids, Spaceballs, Ghostbusters. I mean, everything he touches is just absolutely hilarious. Oh, yeah. He just has uh, this on-screen, just iconic look, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know how else to word it, but... Uh, I'm excited for that. So, shall we move on? Sony's live-action Masters of the Universe is set to begin production this summer. It's interesting that there is a Masters of the Universe show uh, coming out because Kevin Smith is also doing a Masters of the Universe thing for Netflix. Now, his is animated, though, right? Yes, he is bringing back the animated series. So, what a... And have you, have you heard some of his voice acting? Hirers well, that he got. I, I have, and I can't say that that uh, 
they're really a big surprise, a lot of them anyway. Oh, yeah. Because of all the friends he's made. Exactly. Um, why don't we just go ahead and name some of those voice actors? All right, so uh, Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe Netflix sequel series. Uh, it's got quite a cast here. Jason Mewes, of course, his partner in crime, the, uh, the Tyler to his Josh. Uh, <laughs> Justin Long, Lena Headey, who you would know as Queen Cersei from Game of Thrones, so that's a pretty big deal. That's a big get. That is big. Sarah yeah. Michelle Gellar, Stephen Root. I uh, love Stephen Root. <laughs> I do too. He was in Dodgeball, uh, and he also uh, he was Bill Dotrieve. Yes, King he voices Bill Dotrieve. Yes, he was also, uh, also what's his face in Office Space. Oh, uh, the one uh, Milton. 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 I told him that if he uh, <laughs> take my stapler again, I was going to burn the building down. <laughs> I was I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume between the hours of ten and twelve. I'm not going to turn it off. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going to pick it up. We also got uh, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. Um, Harley Quinn Smith. That's Kevin's which daughter. Is, yes, if you're fans of of Smod Cast or, or Smod Company, any of the Giant Silent Bob stuff, and you know Kevin Smith, he was such a fan of Harley Quinn that he named his own daughter after her. Um, and to know that he enjoyed this Birds of Prey. Being such a fan yeah. of Harley Quinn and all that, knowing that he enjoyed it is is a good is a good sign off. Well, I gotta it's a good I gotta say something that Kevin Smith and I have in common is that we are very easily pleased. I mean, you know, if you give us the things that we love and you you know make some effort with it and you make us feel something and you give us that fan service, Kevin mm-hmm. Smith and I we're in the same boat. You know, we're gonna sit back, we're mm-hmm. gonna enjoy it. Uh, you know, have lots of emotions about it, and then we're going to leave happy and tell everybody how wonderful it was. So, yes, love that about yes. him. And he has also signed Kevin Michael Richardson, uh, very which, uh, renowned voice follow, actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was also in that really funny episode of How I Met Your Mother, where he played the guy who gave them advice on how to text Ted. Remember that? Oh, he told him like all the uh, romantic uh, yes. text messages to send. Yeah. Yes, uh, and he finally signed, and he signed two voice acting legends who have never been on the same side, if I am correct, in their voice acting uh, uh, careers. He signed Kevin Conroy, the animated Batman himself, and the legend Mark Hamill. Oh yeah. That's huge. So, uh, I'm not a He-Man fan, to be honest with no, you. No, I'm, I'm, I never was either. But I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, so I will check it out mm-hmm. to support him. And, you know, adding Absolutely. Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill and all these people, that just makes it that much better. So, I'm there for Absolutely. it. Uh, you know, before the summer is over or whenever this comes out, I might be a fan of He-Man. So, if, if anybody can make it happen, happen Kevin Smith is Kevin the one. Smith. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, shall we move on to number three? Why don't you take this one? A live-action Aladdin sequel has been greenlit at Disney. Now, I know that we talked a couple months ago about that they were going to do a spin-off show or mm-hmm. movie about one of the, of the, uh, the suitors the for Jasmine. Mm-hmm. So He was such a popular character um, that he's getting his own spin-off movie. Okay. Um and now we're also getting a live action sequel so, which if it's not if it's not return of jafar 
then I I'm mean, gonna be upset. <laughs> you can't beat returning Jafar. So I will burn that park to the ground. I mean, come on, Disney. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I, like I said, I, I enjoyed that live action movie, Aladdin. Um, but it did not have me clamoring for a trilogy. Not one bit. And yeah, enjoy is is an appropriate word for it. It was fine. It mm-hmm. was fun to watch one time. It's not something I'm going to be like, hey guys, let's all get together, pop some popcorn, <laughs> and let's watch the live action Aladdin because it was so so amazing. Uh, Will it's Smith. True. Will Smith. Like he was fun and everything, but he's not a great singer. No. At least in this he wasn't. I wasn't impressed with that very much. Uh, the whole thing was just sort of bland to me. It was like, you know, it's it's whatever, it's cool, it's fine, whatever, but I'm not super into it. Well, we also kind of said the same thing about Lion King. Yeah. You know, them using live-action lions and animals and stuff. There was no uh, creativity to their face, their reactions. It was bland. That you know, begs to question, I mean, are you going to run into those problems continuously rebooting these animated loves of ours growing up? Are you going to lose out on that excitement and love watching it? Because if, I don't want to sound too negative, but in the real world, are these stories bland? I think that's going to be the recurring thing. I was actually about to say Mm -hmm. that. Like, I think that in the future... For every one of these live action movies that they do, people are going to go see them. They're going to do well, you know, because Disney always does well. And people enjoy it. And then they'll probably forget about it. You know, they're they're pretty forgettable. Uh, I yeah. did not go to the theaters to see any one of them. I, no, I take that back. I did go to the theaters, theaters to see uh, The Beauty and the Beast when they did that a few years ago. And that, I did too. I, same thing. I enjoyed that. One I was just good. like, yeah, it was, it was okay. It was pretty cool. But nothing beats the original, you know. So yeah. I'll watch them one time and I'll enjoy it and it'll be fine and then I'll be done with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So moving on, did you see the Batman teaser? I did. There wasn't really much to see, though. Hey, I, I was I was teased enough to enjoy it, though. Yeah, that's good. Do you know what? What his symbol is made of in the middle? Uh, Do you know what they're going with? No. There was a comic where it wasn't year one. There was another um, origin comic they did, and his center bat is made up of the gun that killed his parents. Wow! And that's what the, those the, his bat in that thing is made up of the sides of the pistol that killed his parents. Wow, I had never heard about that. I was like, oh my gosh, I got chills watching it. How did he? The first time I didn't notice it, but the second time I noticed it. How did he get his um, hands on that? Well, I did not read all of that comic. Um, if I remember correctly, he got it from being taken to the police station, like when he was a kid. He just took it from the desk. You or mean something Commissioner like that. Gordon let Bruce walk away no, with that big piece of evidence? I'm sure Commissioner Gordon, Commissioner Gordon did not know about it. Him taking it, um, or he might have, you know, when he grow, grew older, broke in and took it from evidence. I, I, I don't know, but I do know that there's a, a comic out there where that is that, and that's where Matt Reeves is going with his symbol. I was like, holy crap. Interesting. That is a, a type of 
emotional torture that someone needs to sit down and talk about. Wow. <laughs> um, but it did not show us, you know, it was so black and red lighting-wise that it did not show us a color scheme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you didn't so, get to see uh, his face or anything, so there, there wasn't mm-hmm. much You just to saw it. his chin. You just saw his chin, which you could tell it was Pattinson. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Matt Reeves did it all on his phone with Vimeo, the app, to release it, I was really? like, wow. Wow, I didn't wow. know that either. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay. Um, it's unconventional. I like unconventional. So, uh, I mean, it, it got me excited. Again, I said this months ago in an episode. I really hope that after it comes out, I'm apologizing for blasting the cast of the Batman. I hope I am. But uh, it did get me a little excited. It got me excited. So It's a start, anyway. Uh, it is a start. It is a start. Uh, so speaking of Batman, uh, did you see that uh, the comics of the animated adventures are coming back? I did. I did see that. That's very exciting. And it's going to mm-hmm. be canon. It right? is. Uh, canon, a continuation after the animated series uh, stopped airing. Very cool. And they're throwing in, like, uh, they're throwing in Jason Todd. Um, they're throwing in uh, Asriel. Uh, and some other cool things like that. So, it'll be exciting. I'll, uh, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. Uh, so why why don't you take the next one? We're very excited about this one too. So Stranger Things four is coming Woo-hoo-hoo. very soon. Now have they confirmed that this is going to be the last season? They have not confirmed it yet. It is it is mere reportings and beliefs, and the Duffer Brothers have just been quiet about it. I am very excited about Stranger Things four, but I will say this: I have not seen the trailer. You haven't. I have not. Do you know what's in it? No. Let's let's hear about it. So, it's a snowy area, and you don't know what, what you're seeing at first. You hear somewhat of, like, this ugly music in the back, and there's these people working on a railroad in this snowy wasteland. Like our and snowy Russian wasteland? Yes. A Russian wasteland is what you end up. Uh-huh. And you start seeing some of these officers, these Russian-looking officers, you know, kind of watching over the... The workers, because the workers are all prisoners. And one is hammering on the um, the tracks, and he pulls his hood off, and it's a bald hopper. I knew it. Yes. I knew they it. He answered the question out the gate, man. Like, I was just like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Like, no shock in an episode. They answer it out the gate. Good. Which is crazy. Um, but yeah, it is very exciting. Um, then you hear the kind of the, uh, the whimper of a Demogorgon as the screen goes black. So, uh, it's really cool. It's just a small teaser, but it answered a question everyone was wondering after the end of season three. Now, is that coming this summer? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they have not established an official uh, debut date. They're still filming stuff down here. Because I see stuff for casting all the time. Maybe you should uh, go try to try to crash the party and. I should see what's what. Kick kick in the door, the proverbial door on the set, and say, "I knew you were alive the entire time." Last time that I was in Atlanta, 
I drove by Hawkins Middle School. Really? That's yeah, cool. I have a picture. It's actually about eight minutes away from where you are right now. So you should go check that out. I definitely will. Yeah. All right, moving on. Woody Harrelson's new Cletus Cassidy hair for Venom 2 was somewhat leaked on the Instagram of Tom Hardy. Interesting. I... And then he deleted it shortly after. Ah, uh, so maybe he posted it by accident. Or did Possibly. he? Possibly. Or did he? Apparently, That's what... apparently people kind of laughed at, at the Cletus uh, Cassidy hair at, at the end of Venom. Yeah. I thought it was okay. You know. I mean, he has wild red hair. I guess I'm, meet him. I'm worried about things other than what his hair looks like. Because like Woody Harrelson being Cletus Cassidy? Not necessarily that, but just the movie itself, because I thought Venom was just kind of eh, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that's just me, though. Final piece of news here. The WWE announced that Simone Johnson, daughter of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, has reported to the WWE Performance Center in Orlando to start training. She is going to be the first ever fourth generation WWE superstar because uh, with her father being The Rock, his father Rocky Johnson, and his grandfather, uh, which on his mother's side was High Chief Peter Maivia. So what do you think about that? I think it doesn't awesome. matter what you think. <laughs> I've been waiting for like a year to do that. Dang, man, I did not see that coming. Yes. You guys, I jumped a little bit in my chair. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh I've been waiting for that. I felt good. I forgot I did that to you. <laughs> You've done that to me twice. Have I? Yes. <laughs> Wow. I think one time wow. I, I let you do it because you mm-hmm. were like, please let me. Let me do this joke. So. Um, I'm excited about it. I think that it's only right that that bloodline is the first, fourth generation. Totally makes sense. You know, The Rock, one of the greatest superstars in the history of the WWE and one of the biggest success stories to come out of it. I think mm-hmm. John Cena is on his way to become like the... You know, the second version of that, starting with the WWE, being a top guy, getting into the movies. So, you know, about 10 years from now, John Cena could be in that same sort of category. Except uh, he would be the pebble, not the rock. That's absolutely, absolutely 100% true. <laughs> so, I'm excited. And, and, you know, the Performance Center, they uh, they produce stars down there. So they do. They're, they're doing it right uh, by uh, starting her out there and uh, mm-hmm. look forward to what she brings to the table one day. And I, and I can't wait for that proverbial moment that she debuts or her first pay-per-view. Um, you know, because they always do those big family moments where The Rock might come out, his mom might come out, or be ringside. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, just be cool. And and surely to God, he'll <laughs> still be in shape to do like a tag team run with his daughter. If we like, can ever get to the point where she's... Hopefully she's really good, uh, but hopefully we get to the point one day where she gets to face Charlotte, mm. and we have you know Ric Flair in one corner and Rock in the other. Now that's a WrestleMania moment right there. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm excited about it. I'm excited about everything we just talked about, um, but by the looks of the list, that is the end of your nerd news. 
Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. And we are back, and it is time for us to... On Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Now, be warned, people. We, we told you in the beginning. We're going to tell you again right now. If you haven't seen Birds of Prey yet, please beware. This uh, episode will have some spoilers. That's right. Yes. So, you've been warned, and here we go. So, we saw Birds of Prey uh, the other day. And we really enjoyed it, and we're so excited to talk about it. And we're going to also tell you a little bit about Harley Quinn herself. Yes. So let's just let's just start with that. So everybody knows Mr. J, the Joker himself, but what people are failing to remember is that behind every successful clown prince of crime, you know, because there's so <laughs> many, <laughs> there's a crazy, beautiful jester with a smile, a mallet, and a PhD. That's right. You should never, ever, ever forget that harley freaking quinn she has a phd that's right she's brilliant she is people forget we, that. we don't give we her gonna, enough credit the fact that she got a phd before going crazy that's right us doctors we gotta <laughs> stick together you know so we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite psychotic psychologist before we move on to our birds of prey review and discussion absolutely you know joker himself uh for all his thought his faults and how he treated her, uh, I feel like he got her on a level that no one else really did. Uh, one of his most famous quotes, actually, uh, about her uh, came from him. Uh, he was telling this to Batman himself. He said, uh, and, and pardon my language, there is one cuss word in here. It's nothing too major. Uh, because everything she does comes from within, from some dark impulse. I guess that's what makes her so thrilling to watch, so dangerous, even perfect at times, but also so damn destructive. And even though Harley has been around since uh, the Batman animated series in 1992, that was uh, her debut. She debuted in an episode called Joker's mm -hmm. Favor. She has always sort of had a, she's been like the unwritten backseat to the Joker. Yes, uh, Dr. Harleen Francis Quinzel. PhD, that is, worked as a psychologist in Arkham Asylum. Uh, she was assigned to the Joker as a patient, wound up falling in love with him, and even helping him escape. Since then, she's been his sidekick and love interest right since the beginning there. Uh, but they're not couples, uh, couple goals by, by any means. Her, her story is it's kind of a sad one, mm -hmm. really, to be honest. She's truly in love with Joker. She calls him mm -hmm. Puddin' and all that stuff. But he's not really in love with her he, he's always abusing her ignoring her and he's tried to kill yeah. her a few times. Yeah. uh one time he even pushed her off like a five or six story building trying to just trying to get her get her out of his ear um she, she has uh she's been seen lately she's more seen as an anti-hero in recent years mm -hmm. 
And uh, yeah. during the Arkham video game series, her stock in memorabilia as well as cosplay choices at Comic-Con skyrocketed. Um, now you can't go to any com- Comic-Con without the majority of them being some version of Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. There's tons of Harleys at Comic-Con. And I think the thing that I see the most is the Harley with the, you know, like the clown get up with yes. the, the jester the, yes. hat and the big, huge yes. mallet, like the huge yes. hammer that they carry. Another yeah. popular one is from Arkham City, I think, uh, because it's just, it's such a, it's not as theatrical. It's just basic. Uh, it's It's got, mm-hmm. it kind of pulls from her jester costume, but also there's no mask. She's just got the hair and uh, mm-hmm. it's just easy to do for most people. Um well, and now, and now, since Margot Robbie, we mm-hmm. see a whole lot of the, you know, the jacket, Daddy's the, little monster shirt, the, exactly, uh, and the baseball yeah. bat, and the the pigtails with the pink and blue hair, yes, and all that. yes. But yeah. uh, you know, since her inception in 1992, many have portrayed the good Doctor Quinzel, or have at least attempted to. Uh, everyone knows the original voice of Arlene Sorkin. Uh, Sorkin was the best friends, one of the best friends of the creator, Paul Dini. And she herself was the inspiration when he created her. She played a clown character in a scene from famed soap opera Days of Our Lives. Uh, She went on to originate the role in the animated series and reprised it in eight other shows and movies as well as the video games. Her very own nasally sing-song Brooklyn accent that everyone fell in love with went on to be the thing most people tried to emulate. Uh, some others to tackle the voice have been Hinden Walsh. Am I saying yes. that right? Tara Reed. I didn't know yes. that. Megan Strange. Melissa Ranch, uh, who I know from The Big Bang Theory. She played Bernie. She did Dead. not do well. Laura Post. She did not do well. <laughs> no. It was just kind of, yeah, it kind of <laughs> fell flat. Laura Post. Uh, Jenny Slate. She was on Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live. I know her. Uh, Serena Irwin. Margot Rubin. Mm-hmm. Kaylee Cuoco, another Big Bang actress, and then a few more lesser-known names. Another actress who has voiced Harley in a ton of stuff, as well as voiced lots of other things and tons of voice acting, is Tara Strong. Mm-hmm. Um, she actually was the uh, replacement for Arlene mm-hmm. uh, Sorkin in the Arkham games. Arlene did, I think, uh, the first Arkham yes. game. And then I think Tara Strong took over in the other one. She's ones. probably the At closest to come to it. The second one. Honestly. Yeah, she did a great yeah. job. Um, she was actually first portrayed in uh, live action in 2002's Birds of Prey by Mia Sarah from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I had forgotten that Harley was a part of that show. She was the main villain uh, that they wound up going I after. Had, I mean, I guess it's because I just didn't really watch a lot of that show. Uh, but I had just assumed that Margot Robbie was the first live-action Harley. Yeah, so I, totally I was telling you off-air, I tried to watch some of it. Go back and watch some of it, Yeesh. and it, I got through an episode and a half and turned it off. I just... Yeah. The dialogue was bad. <laughs> um, they changed the mythos to Huntress. Um they added in that weird relationship that Barbara Gordon had with Batman, and it's just weird, man. Like, it's just rough. Um, but, like we said, she is now mostly known by her portrayal by recent Margot Robbie, the Australian subway sandwich artist turned actress. 
made famous in movies like About Time and The Wolf of Wall Street. That's right. Now, so uh, here pretty recently, Margot was on an episode of the YouTube show Hot Ones, which is one of my favorite shows. I don't watch a mm-hmm. whole lot of YouTube, but I do watch Hot Ones. It's where they get celebrities and everybody on, and they have uh, a line of hot sauces, yeah. and they, they start like pretty mild, and then they get really like ungodly hot. <laughs> and uh, as they're as they're suffering through these hot wings, they ask them questions and, and all that stuff. So it's like a little interview. And Margo, <laughs> she struggled starting with the very first oh, one. So I was, I was worried about our girl right from the start, but you know what? She, she's a tough gal. She made it all the way through. She, she had a hard time <laughs> and she didn't hide the fact that she was suffering, but, uh, she did make it all the way through. Have you seen it? You I see did that see that episode. Uh, actually she is in my top three favorite episodes. Hers is number three. My second favorite episode is Paul Rudd's. And my favorite one was Shia LaBeouf's. Shia LaBeouf's episode was, it was really, really good. good. Really yeah. good. That's a great show. Post Malone did a, a good one. I did too. not see his. I did not see his. Yeah, I think I've probably seen almost every episode. And that Hot Ones guy has his own game show now. On, uh, is it True TV, I think? He has his own game show? Uh, yeah, I don't know. so he's uh, making his way up the ladder of fame. Um, did you know that she has an I did. She talked about that. So in the movie, uh, Harley is uh, all she really wants is an egg sandwich, <laughs> and she has this whole speech about how Sal at the diner makes the perfect <laughs> egg sandwich, and she's like having a dream sequence about the egg sandwich and everything. But Miss Margot Robbie is actually allergic to chicken egg whites. Mm. So do you remember uh, what it was that they replaced the chicken eggs with? Duck uh, yeah, eggs. Duck. Yeah. <laughs> duck right. eggs. Which is weird to think I've never of. had a duck egg before. I have had duck, hmm. but not duck eggs. <laughs> uh, so, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about Harley. Um, and before we get to the movie, let's talk a little bit about the group that this movie uh, is kind of the origin for, the Birds of Prey. As, as um, the DC guy, I, I'm going to assume you're going to know a lot more about this than myself. Yes. I really don't know much about Birds of Prey other than there was a show back in 2002 that didn't do very well and that their group that exists made up of uh, some of the ladies from uh, the mm-hmm. DC Universe, and that's really all I know about it, so take it away. Well, they have had their own series of comics uh, that have been very successful, um, it's been made of many different DC characters. Um, some guys have been included, uh, like Blue Beetle and Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is mainly made up of the uh, the girls, the femme fatales of the DC universe, right. if you will. The core three members have always been Barbara Gordon's Batgirl, uh, Dinah Laurel Lance's Black Canary, and Lena Bertinelli's Huntress. Um, but some other key members uh, through the years have been um, Harley Quinn, Renee Montoya as the question, which we do see Renee in this movie, uh, Cassie Kane as Batgirl, uh, and her other alias, the Orphan. Also which in the is, movie. Yes, she's more like the Orphan in the movie right. than she is Batgirl. Uh, Lady Blackhawk, uh, Catwoman, Alice, Dove, Hot Girl, Katana. Power Girl, Vixen, and about 20 other B and C list characters 
of the DC Universe have been Birds of Prey. I don't think that I have uh, talked to you about this or shown this to you, but Emma has a book in her room that is about, like, girl superheroes, about how girls are strong really? and smart and all this stuff. And it has Katana in it and Hot Girl. Ooh. And um, it has Batgirl and Black Canary and a couple others in it. But, uh, yeah, seeing the movie made me think about that book because she actually does pick that book at, at book time a lot. I mean, she doesn't know really? anything about those characters, but she really likes it for some reason, so. Huh? Get her started yeah, early. Makes me happy. <laughs> Maybe she'll become a DC girl. I Oof, hope so. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how Daddy will not, handle that. Not in that. this house. <laughs> um, but as we've mentioned, the uh, in 2002 uh, WBCW uh, show uh, that only lasted one city, one uh, one season, uh, takes place surrounding Gotham City after Batman had abandoned it. Um, Barbara Girl's back, Batgirl, and then she becomes Oracle a little later on. Uh, Huntress, which they changed the mythos to the daughter of Batman and Catwoman. And Black Canary take over crime fighting against the main villain of the story, Harley Quinn. Uh, which was, like I said, I tried to watch it, and I just couldn't get through two episodes. <laughs> um, however, uh, going through, uh, reading about it, some appearances that... Uh, Consisted in the show that happened in the show had uh, Dinah's mother, the Canary, uh, Clayface, Hawk, Alfred, and even Mark Hamill as the Joker in a flashback. I do remember that. Yeah. Because I think they showed yeah. the scene where he shot Batgirl. And, yes. And that's, I, yes. that's when she becomes the Oracle, of course. Yes. Yes. Um, actually, uh, recently, if you watched uh, DC's massive. CW crossover event, Crisis on Infinite Earths, Ashley Scott's Huntress makes a small appearance before her world is destroyed. Um, which is pretty cool to see. Uh, you know, paying homage yeah. and maybe finally closing the door on that, that tattered history well, yeah. of that Birds of nice Prey. Nice little nod to the, the previous attempts that they've made and just sort of yeah. making it, making all of it relevant, even if it wasn't so great, you know? And I yeah. like that. Um, which, I, which you know, I, I can't talk enough about that crossover. I mean, Crisis was fantastic. It had so many nods uh, just aside from that. Um, again, if you haven't seen it, please go see it. Uh, it's on the CW app for free. You can go back and watch all five parts. Um, now, you know, we've talked about the main chick. We've talked about the group. Why don't we get a little bit into the movie that we recently saw? Uh, now, it's doing... Better at the box office than Suicide Squad did already. Um, that's not really. But it's that's still, not really a surprise it, to yeah. me because Harley is such a big name and Harley does have such a big following. But the mistake that they made uh, when promoting the movie was they obviously the title is Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation. emancipation of one Harley right. Quinn. So Harley Quinn is all the way at the end. So now what they've done is they've just started calling it Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. From what I understand, they didn't actually change the name of the movie. Like when you go to the movie and you see it and the title pops up, it's yeah. still Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. But to make it easier to find on like Fandango and, and all that stuff, that's what they did, which was smart. And I think that helped a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 
So right now mm-hmm. the box office is at uh, a little over $147 million, which is good. And that does mean that mm-hmm. the movie has made a profit. Uh, it's, it's, yes. it's doing okay. First weekend was a little touch and go. But like we said, we feel yeah. like promotion was really the issue with, with that. Yeah. Um, I think just the change in the name for just marketing mm-hmm. purposes uh, has already repaired it, like you said. And I think moving forward in its time in the theaters, uh, it'll only get better. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it did kind of have a lackluster weekend this past weekend. Uh, Sonic took number one at the box office, which was the first time a video game movie had ever done so. Which is also great. Um well, yeah, which is also but great for nerds. Birds of Prey is something that deserves more attention. Um, I think that people definitely need to go check it out. I feel like everything mm-hmm. I've heard about it is, for the most part, pretty positive. Uh, I will tell yeah. you, I read a pretty scathing little uh, review here. Uh, it says here, In a scathing review, Mick LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle wrote, Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn is more than horrible. It should not exist. Money should never have been raised for it. The screenplay should never have been filmed. Margot Robbie shouldn't have produced it. She certainly shouldn't have starred in it. Wow. Oh yeah. my god, what a jerk. Mick uh, sounds like he's a, a fuddy-dud because I thought the movie was great. I, I enjoyed it start to finish. It was a... I mean, and, and, you know, not to to make waves, but um, you've been pretty honest about DC movies. Yeah. And to to leave it and kind of have that moment of looking at you as we're leaving, just kind of like, I wonder what he's mm-hmm. going to say. And to hear you say, I, I loved it. Truly. Like, I mean, that was, I was like, I okay. I mean, let's be okay. real here. Okay, I... Suicide Squad, I thought, was okay. Like, we saw, we saw that together, didn't it was we? fun. Right? Yeah, we did. It was, it was fun. fun. Uh, but, like, it's not something that I'm going to go back and sit through, you know, multiple no. times. I've, I have uh, I have not popped that DVD in. I haven't even purchased the DVD to it because it is not one that I'm just like, I feel like watching Suicide See, I do Squad. have it because I collect all of the, all the superhero well, yeah. stuff. So I do have it. And yeah. I've, like, watched bits and pieces of it here and there because I have it digitally because it came with it and everything. But it's like, I don't feel like I've actually made it all the way through it. I've fallen asleep or I've gotten bored and turned it off. It's just like kind of, eh. And it's not one that is looked back on, uh, you know, very, very, uh, yeah, positively. very positively. It's and, not. Uh, sort of. I mean, you can, you can blame Leto's the Joker. You can blame Killer Croc. Some people even blame Will Smith's casting as Deadshot. I just blame the story. Yeah. You know, it was just not a good, well-written story with good dialogue so, and good but action even sequences. when we saw that movie, like, I was like, yeah, it was cool, it was fine. I, I haven't really, I can't think of one time that I've actually left a DC movie going, oh, it was so bad. Even Batman vs. Superman, I mean, when that came out, we saw it together, and I was like, eh, had it was moments. okay. I mean, we laughed a lot yeah. about the Martha thing. I thought that was pretty lame. That was a <laughs> letdown, but I think most people feel that way. But, like, Wonder Woman, yeah. awesome. Aquaman, awesome. Aquaman was good. I thought they were both a little too long, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that's just Shazam, me. Shazam was great. Was was like 
super great, my favorite one up until this, and I think that Birds of Prey has replaced Shazam as my uh, favorite DC movie. It's good, uh, and I love that it's continuing this positive momentum that DC's had in the past few releases. Um, I think that it means that maybe they've made the changes they needed to make, hopefully on the WB side. Um, letting Jeff Johns and Berlanti have a little fun in the movie world as opposed to letting Snyder do stuff. Ever since they kind of got rid of Snyder, I feel like, and no offense to Snyder, but I feel like ever since they got rid of him, even though I'm a big proponent in releasing the Snyder cut of Justice League, I'm, I'm a proponent in it because if it's there, why not release it? I mean, if you have it, let the fans see it. Uh, but I think... Them making the changes they did in the the upper echelon of employees, apparently it's had a positive effect enough to release the past few titles, and, and they've been good. So I hope they stay this way. Um, I know that Flash is in pre-production. Aquaman 2 is in pre-production. Wonder Woman 2 is about to come out. Uh, so hopefully it continues uh, along that positive path. Um Especially with, uh, you know, like we talked about earlier, that teaser we got for the Batman. Um, I just hope it stays, you know, good. I just hope it stays good. Will it ever be the MCU? Unlikely. I'll even be the first to say no because, you know, they, they didn't do what they should have right. when they should have. Well, it sort so of felt like DC's just, just tried really hard to play catch-up. Like, oh, yeah, Marvel had this big mm-hmm. uh, expanded universe and everything connected together. And let's try to do that too. So let's try to do in about three movies what DC or what uh, Marvel did in like ten or eleven, you know, and it just didn't work. Yeah, um, you know, and Margot has become kind of this. Uh, t- he, she's become to Harley Quinn what Ryan Reynolds has mm-hmm. become to Deadpool. Um, and I know, like, like being like. Not really born to play the role. Like the reason I don't say RDJ or Hugh Jackman as Wolverine is because those two kind of had over ten years to to formulate this character and to grow more and more. Uh, but Ryan and Margot kind of um, they really had small amounts of time to blow up mm-hmm. as these characters. I mean, once we saw Ron Reynolds at, in Wolverine's Origins, uh, we fell in love with him. He until perfect. about the last 15 um, minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, until the last 15 minutes. But then he got his, his retribution, oh, absolutely. kind of, uh, when they fixed yeah. everything. Um, she has had the same thing Ryan has. She's had a short amount of time since being casted in this live-action version of a character that we never thought we'd ever see in the live-action world because we never knew if anyone could do it, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, and a lot of that goes to what she was you know, made to be in the animated world. So obnoxious and loud and flamboyant and colorful and, and that's kind of hard to portray on You know, on Harley, Harley was never uh, supposed to be as big as she is. You know, she was just like this little no. sidekick to Joker, you know, probably just yeah. to have in the background. I don't think she was meant to be such a big deal. And then she just sort of exploded and people just fell in love with her. So... The, because of the fact that she is so so loved, they had to get it right. Mm-hmm. And when you have yeah 
when you have that one actor or actress who just fits so perfectly, like Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, like Hugh yeah. Jackman as Wolverine, like RDJ as Iron Man, you know, it's just so satisfying. Mm-hmm. And Margot Robbie really does just fit perfectly. And and she was great. I mean, I, I loved her from start to finish in this movie. Absolutely. Um, I also loved that it... Uh it did show women empowerment, which you and I are both massive mm-hmm. fans of. Um, but it wasn't so on the nose. You know, like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Here's their moments. This is why we're doing it. It was literally just yeah, women just kicking was. butt. Yeah, yeah. it was just was. There was no hammer on the head point being proven. It just was what it was. And, and they did it fantastic. kicking butt, all the fight scenes and, and the action and all that stuff. Excellent. So entertaining. So much fun. Oh my fun. gosh. It was, well, it was just, it was beautiful. It was like Probably a, a my favorite scene in the movie was when Harley strolls up into the GCPD and she's like shooting mm-hmm. the glitter bombs and grenades and stuff yeah. and beating him up. Yeah. Like, Not killing anyone. She, she doesn't <laughs> just, care to just strut right in there and, and, and do what she wants. And I loved that. That was no. a fun scene. And there, the choreography behind the the jail cell fight with the sprinkler oh, yeah. system on, and just her and her bat, like that was that was well done. And and I would imagine it's because, I mean, fun fact: the choreography, the fight choreography, was done by the mm-hmm. John Wick crew, and it showed. Like it had that same flow, um, it had that same feel. Um, which was fantastic. Um, I mean, I loved also each individual moments that were kind of given to build the women up. Like seeing Montoya's story, seeing Huntress's story, even Ca- Cassie Kane's story. But hearing Harley tell it and not letting yeah, them tell Speaking of it. Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, a lot of people have sort of made the comparison with this movie to Deadpool. Like, you know, she breaks the fourth wall a little bit. She's a little mm-hmm. bit silly and 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 all that stuff. And yeah. I can see it. it. It wasn't quite as much like to the extreme as Deadpool. It was just enough. So I see the comparison. Uh, but it sort of helped you have that connection with Harley. And, and like Harley, Harley's telling us yeah. the story. And even though it was Birds of Prey and, and those other ladies were featured, uh, this was really a Harley Quinn movie. She, she was in the forefront. It was mostly about her. Uh, the only one I yeah, feel like and... I didn't get enough of was Huntress. She was in like four scenes. Um, I mean, yeah. I understood what she, what she was doing and what the point of her character was, but I didn't feel like I got to know her as well as the other ladies. Like, Black Canary I thought was also great. She was probably my second favorite uh, part of the movie. She's really, really good. I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. I take that back. She was not my second favorite part of the movie. Ewan McGregor was my second favorite part of the movie. Yeah, and then <laughs> As Black Mask, I'll give her he was fantastic. Third, but, uh, yeah, it was great, great. Um, I, I loved, though how you get partway into the movie and there's all this like you know uh early on storytelling happening and she's like oh no wait 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 i need to go back don't get mad i'm telling the freaking story here so so listen she goes all the way back to the beginning 
just so she can explain something that happened 20 minutes later. She's like, wait, 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 wait. I got to start over. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And like physically seeing it start over. Well, I was like, that's I good. I love well the, uh, the was... stuff when she's telling about, you know, her and the Joker breaking up and everything. And she's sitting on the couch eating ice cream and crying and watching TV and all the, you know, the stereotypical <laughs> breakup stuff. But she does the thing where she goes and adopts the hyena. And she names him Bruce. Mm-hmm. And I remember in the uh, the Injustice video games, there was a, a move that Harley could do where she called move. in her, yeah. her, her hyenas. I love the line, though, that she said was, she was like, I named him Bruce after that hot guy. Or that hot, rich guy. Yeah. Which is funny. Um, I also liked how they, uh, they uh, kind of subtly erased Leto's Joker. They did. And I'm okay with it. <laughs> I, think, I think most people are going to be okay with it. It was sort of like, yeah, it existed, it happened, but we're done with it, we're moving on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and Black Mask, you mentioned you, and he was done so well. Um, it wasn't, like, you know, if you go back and watch uh, Under the Red Hood, uh, he's this angry, yelling constantly, like, you don't want to work for him because he could get so mad at something small you've done, like, just blink wrong and he'll kill you. Yeah, he was like that in the uh, Arkham game yes. as well. Yes, but you want to work for him because he's powerful and rich. Yeah. But but the way Ewan played him is he did that yelling, but it wasn't so violent and loud. And he had a little bit of a, a comic relief element to him as well. And hang on a second, I'm yawning. <sighs> Okay. And something else that I thought about was the fact that when you've been in something as massive as Star Wars, you know, it's hard to get away from that and to be viewed as anything other than, you know, the Star Wars guy. Like, mm-hmm. And I think about poor Harrison Ford. Even though he's done so many things, people look at him and the first thing is Han Solo yeah. or Indiana Jones. Carrie Fisher will forever be known as pretty much nothing but Princess yeah. Leia, you know. It, that's sort of what happens to so many people. But with Ewan McGregor as Black Mask, not one time did I stop and think about, oh, it's Obi-Wan and he's you know wearing a suit and cussing mm-hmm. people out and all <laughs> that stuff because Ewan McGregor did such a great job. He was a great villain. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he had a, a swagger, too. You know, yeah. like the, the the suits he'd wear and like when he's in his club and he's like, all right, who's having a good time? You're having a good time. All right. You know, just, <laughs> just he had a swagger. But in that now, swagger, you knew not to mess with him. And unfortunately, uh, Black Mask will, unless it's a prequel, Black Mask will not be in Birds of Prey too. Nope. <laughs> Or anything else. No, because you are not. a big surprise to us was he got blown to pieces at the end of the movie. And I remember both of us had a strong reaction to that. Like, what? Wow. Yeah. Because Black Mask is, you know, he's one of the Batman villains. We thought maybe we'd see, you know, something with him and Batman in the future or, or something like that. But 
No, and this wasn't like a, oh, maybe he's dead, maybe not, maybe he survived. No, he was blown to pieces, like body parts In front of our own the, eyes. Into the river and everything, and we were like, wow. Like, you legitimately can't use the excuse, didn't see it, didn't happen. Oh, we saw it. It happened. Yeah. His leg went yeah. one way, his arm went the other. <laughs> quite, quite a surprise. It was a massive surprise, and it did it well enough to where it didn't upset you. You're like, oh, and they just went for shock value. It was a good shock. Yeah. It was it was delivered well. It was written well. Um, some of the fun things they do, uh, I like when she's telling stories and, like, if she's introducing a new character, those neon-colored pop-ups, like, will pop up and it'll say, like, their name and, like, why she why they hate Harley, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like, it'll be like that. Montoya, having a bad day, uh old partner took her job you know like stuff like that uh and when there's like that open season on harley quinn moment everyone's found out that her and the joker have broken up and so now people can cash in on killing her mm-hmm. because for so many years she was protected nobody wanted to touch harley because they felt the, they would feel the wrath of the joker um but when everybody finds out, everybody goes after her. Even the guy whose leg she broke in the beginning, which was a uh, the driver crazy moment. <laughs> just just boom, broken legs. Um, even a guy who she tattooed clown paint onto his face came after her. Um, and ever if just there would even be sometimes where she'd be like show their name and be like i have no freaking clue why they hate me <laughs> you know, like, yeah i i'd forgotten all about those little pop-ups and all that stuff but you're right that was a nice little effect it was sort of like the living diary of harley yeah. Quinn, because harley quinn's diary would have all these you know colors and yeah. little weird drawings yeah, and, she is and all that uh, stuff. someone who di- diaries with a rainbow of highlighters yeah uh absolutely i would love to see her calendars um but we we talked about the unwritten uh erase of leto's joker and they don't do that in a flashback and change the joker physically it's all in aspects of how he's being drawn on papers yeah and it's completely nothing like what leto looks like it's like what the joker used to look like to us yeah um it's sort of a shame, though, man, because I, even in Suicide Squad, we didn't get a ton of Joker and Harley together. No, we didn't. And, you know, it turned out to be okay because nobody liked the Jared Leto Joker. But I want to see that. I want to see Harley and Joker for real, like done right together. And I want it to be Margot Robbie because I love her so much. So I don't know. What do you think? There's a way that they could somehow work around that. I think Maybe there's Joker from an alternate universe or something. I think in this somewhat soft uh, reboot slash save of the universe that Gunn and uh, Berlanti and Jeff Johns are signed on to do, mm-hmm. uh, I think they can bring in this Joker. This bring in a new joker in the fact that there are so many comics out there that talk about there's more than one joker right um 
that maybe he's an idea that three or four people have grasped onto. That's why he looks different at different times. Okay. Um, okay. So, I mean, they could do it. It just, you have to do it right. You have to do it to where we as fans will forgive you for having to change it because you miscast it in the first place. Um, but at the same time where we're like, okay, we can ignore Leto's performance and forgive you and continue on with this Joker. We're fine doing that. Um, hope. I hope they do because like you, I want to see those moments. I want to see, you know, Mr. J take her back and them have, you know, raise hell in Gotham for, you know, maybe Pattinson's Batman. I think though, the best way to fix it, the logical way to fix it is with flashpoint. I think hopefully with this flash movie coming out, that that's the direction they're going with. Mm-hmm. Um, like a reset. Yes. Like, literally, your Flashpoint movie could be a hard reset. Keep the people who are willing to stay and do big contracts and reset the people who aren't. And you just explain it with, wow, uh, Flashpoint really changed some things. Well, basically, all things are possible with Flashpoint. Absolutely. I mean, anything. You know, you can do whatever you want with that. When you bring in, oh, it was an alternate universe yeah. or an alternate timeline yeah. or, or whatever, you can do whatever you want, and it works. So Yeah. And plus, you know, comic book movies. That's how, that's how it <laughs> yeah. goes. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like you always say uh, in defense of Star Wars, uh, you always go, it's science fiction. Why are you questioning? They're space wizards. They can do whatever yeah. they want. Yeah. I mean, these are comic all book movies. All things are possible with Flashpoint. All things are possible with The Force. Exactly. All things are possible with comic book movies because nobody's ever really did. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, which is also a great acronym for nerd. No one's ever really dead. That's good. Hey, N-E-R-D. Uh, I like that. Right. I like that. Um, Brilliant. I know. I try. <laughs> um... Every now and then you have a little, you know, you have a brief shining little moment of brilliance and I have to give it to you. <laughs> well, um, you got to remember that one. Write that one down. <laughs> I will. I'll write that one down. Um, I loved also the fact that we got to meet Victor Zaz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think actually, not to brag or anything, but yeah, I think yeah. I caught on to that a little bit quicker than you did because I noticed he had the little... So, first of all, Victor Zaz, if you don't know, he's a Batman villain. He is like a, a psychopath. He loves to kill people with knives. He's, he likes to carve them up. And for every person that he kills, he puts a little tally mark on his body with the knife. Yes. So if you look at this guy, he's got some marks on his forehead and maybe his arms and stuff here and there. And uh, he's hanging out with Black Mask, cutting people up. And I did put it together. They didn't really say his name for quite a while. No, but there gosh, was a moment. No. You, you, we have those moments when we see movies together, when we have these big realizations, we start smacking each other. <laughs> yeah. I love those moments. <laughs> and you started smacking me. You're like, it's Zaz, it's Zaz, it's Victor Zaz. I was like, yeah, totally. Look, he's got the, the tally marks and everything. You know what so. I think it was? Is I think he had hair. He had this blonde hair. And mm-hmm. he was dressed averagely normal yeah. compared to Tip- what Zaz is normally dressed Typically, as. Typically, we see like a bald yes. Zaz. Um, um, but I think this is, maybe it's like a, a young Zaz. Yeah, younger. Maybe we'll, we'll see him again. Yes. He he survived, didn't he? he yeah, he, didn't get he survived. Uh, he got sh- shot with an arrow, but he ain't dead. Yeah. I mean, 
Hunter said, okay, he's dead. He's not. Uh, you can't kill off his ass like that. Um, and I also loved, it had an Arkham video game feel, especially like an Arkham City feel, is when they're in the fun house. And Black Mask has hired all these thugs, which is what he's known for doing. He rarely gets his own hands dirty, which is why he always wears gloves. He always wears gloves because he never wants his fingerprints left anywhere. Um, I loved that all these these brutes that are showing up, some of them had clown masks like they do in the Arkham games. Mm. Uh, Some of them looked like they were biker gang people some of them looked like they were you know well-to-do assassins um some of them looked like they were from different gangs in gotham city but it added that effect that we've grown up playing these games of seeing different organizations depicted yeah your typical gotham uh thugs yes um seeing the ones with the lead pipes and the clown masks on i was like oh my gosh it's arkham city (laughs) good (laughs) lord and even being at the funhouse uh which is, you know, uh, you can see it in, I believe, Arkham Knight. You can go to, what is it, uh, something mile or something like that? Amusement mile. Amusement mile. mile. Um, yeah. They even called it that. Uh, so just that little Easter egg. If you're if you're a true Batman Arkham fan, uh, you caught on to that, and I yeah. enjoyed that. Um what did you think of Cassandra Kane? Uh, she was fun. I liked that she was sort of like Harley's little protege for mm-hmm. a while there. Kind of kind of learning from her and uh they ha- they bonded together sitting on the couch <laughs> uh, eating cereal watching cartoons. Eating cereal watching cartoons together. Um, um she was funny. Now this is the same Cassandra Kane that Yes, we saw her in more of like a orphan role when she becomes mm-hmm. the orphan. Um, but she's not someone who you would think would go on to be Batgirl. Because Cassandra Cain does for a while. She is a Batgirl for a, for a while during a series of comics uh, after Barbara's uh, paralyzed. And this, this Cassandra Cain did not give off that vibe. Um... Maybe it was in the casting. Maybe it was in her performance. I, I don't know. It's just, but I, but I liked it. She was rough, and she had that broken arm the entire time. Um, and, and wasn't she's she uh she had that? They were looking for the diamond, the Bertinelli diamond. <laughs> she swallowed it. She ate it. <laughs> she swallowed it, and that's why everybody's after her, and Harley's trying to protect her. She's like, I don't want to kill her. She'll It'll it'll pass in a few days. Oh, and <laughs> they had that moment where they're they're walking through the grocery store, and she's getting all the, like, the laxatives and all that stuff, <laughs> and she was like, I don't, I'm not going to do all this, and Harley's like, all right, we have two options. You can eat all this crap and take get it out that way, or I can carve it out of your belly, and she's like, okay, so she gets some more stuff and puts it in the cart. <laughs> Like, Harley means business, man. <laughs> um, I also liked the funny moment where she's fighting with the baseball bat in the lockup, and she finds all this heroin, like massive piles of heroin, and it, they're shooting at her, so it's flying everywhere around her. And she immediately, like, gets a contact high 
And she's just like, ah. <laughs> I don't remember that. You don't? And she even no. hits, she even th- tosses one up and soft tosses, hits one into a guy's face before wow. knocking him out with the baseball bat. Wow. Um, it's just all around was a great moment. Uh, what, oh, yeah. what, what was your, let's say, what was your favorite moment? I think my favorite moment, like I said earlier, was when she walked into the GCPD and just yeah. started, you know, tearing the place apart. She had those those little glitter bombs and, and things. So it was very Harley Quinn, like lots of bright colors mm-hmm. and all that. The fight sequence there was really, really great. She was uh, using her, her melee attacks uh, with her, I guess it was her gun, but she was kind of using it almost like a baseball bat. Yeah. Um, which is, we know, one of Harley's uh, go-to Her weapons. calling cards, yeah. Yeah, so that was my favorite part. I just remember being really hyped up during that whole sequence. Yeah. And I don't remember what what the music was during that scene, but the music fit well with it, too. The whole soundtrack was, was mm-hmm. good. This soundtrack was good. It was a winner. Um, uh, I think my favorite part is probably when they're at Amusement Mile and they're just in this room like okay what can we use to fight and they're like dressing in different co- like she's putting on a different costume and uh um i think Dinah the canary i think she grant pulls a, a like a ripped shirt and it's the daddy little monster shirt from suicide squad and she goes she goes i'm going to throw this away and she's like no 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 and she's like it's ugly and she just goes it has sentimental value and oh, i was like yeah. hmm is that what they think about Suicide Squad? <laughs> like, oh. no, don't throw it away, but it does kind of have sentimental value. <laughs> it hurts. Sometimes the past <laughs> is painful, but we can't let it go entirely. We can't let it go. <laughs> uh, but overall, um, I think I'd give it a 9 out of 10. Sure. And the reason I say 9 and not 10 out of 10 is because Batgirl was missing. Right. right. Um, and she is a core member of the Birds of Prey, and... I think they did it well. They did it freaking awesomely, considering she wasn't in it. But I see Birds of Prey. My mind goes to Batgirl. Um, and I'm even going to give a, sh- a shameless plug. I have a friend in L.A. Her name's Heather Wake. Uh, she'd be the perfect Batgirl. She'd be fantastic. She actually has, a, I think I've talked about it before, she has a YouTube miniseries that she does out in Los Angeles called Friday Night in Gotham, where she plays Barbara. Uh, right. And Batgirl, um, they've had Two Face on there. They've had uh, Tim Drake's Robin in the show as well. Um, but uh, if you're listening, uh, go to YouTube and search Friday Night in Gotham. They also have a sequel uh, called Saturday Night in Gotham. Uh, it's really she does a good job. I think she'd be fantastic. Um, but yeah, I think the only thing really missing was even if we just met Barbara Gordon. Okay, I agree with that. I, I think I'd also give it a, a 9 out of 10 or, or somewhere around that that uh, that area. I thought it was fun. thought it was not too long, not too short. Because sometimes, as I've mentioned a little while ago, sometimes DC has a habit of like, giving us really long movies. Aquaman and Wonder Woman, for me, are just mm-hmm. really too long to sit down and enjoy in one setting. But I'm also super ADHD, so my attention span is, is not the best. So maybe that's just me. Uh, but I thought it was just right. Uh, one thing that I thought that could have maybe just been a little bit better was that if 
the, all the girls teaming up together if that had happened a little bit sooner. Like seeing the team together more yeah. than just for that one little bit at the end. Uh, especially since the movie is called The Birds of Prey. Yeah. You know? And I, I get that's where they were headed to, uh, you know, and, and we got it in the end, but I, I would have liked a little more of the group, the ladies all together. And we haven't really talked much about Montoya. Uh, you know, no disrespect to that character, um, but she's probably out of the Birds of Prey one of the more normal yeah. of characters. Nothing really outlandish about her. I think she might have been my least favorite out of the group but yeah. mainly just because she's just like you said she's just kind of normal i mean she's yeah. she's a cop she's you know whatever i mean she was tough as nails and and all that stuff and uh rosie perez who played uh montoya she did a great job and all that stuff but you know in a superhero movie you're not typically drawn to the characters average like joe you know you like the black canaries and the huntresses and, and the harleys and all that stuff black mask those are the people that are interesting yeah. that you're really more drawn to um and rosie perez re- does not do a lot of mainstream movies to be honest I, I really just remember her from like pineapple express yeah i think she was in that yeah she was played a cop a crooked cop yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, I mean, I think the casting was was fantastic. Uh, you know, Margot is obviously a home run, uh, but uh, Black Canary was great. Um, mm-hmm. I love how they in- incorporated her singing; that she had this beautiful singing voice. Yep. Um, and we only got to see the Canary cry really once. That's true. That's another thing that would have been nice to see a little bit more. Yeah, uh, but she is already a butt kicker. Before that, so it kind of showed that she doesn't rely on the cry, which so is I cool. That sort of begs the question: Then, uh, your opinion uh, as a DC guy, should the movie have just been Harley Quinn? Um, it felt more like a Harley Quinn. Yeah, it did uh, until the last twenty minutes. Then it felt like Birds of Prey. Um, so yeah, so, I, mean, I mean, I think the. I think the the title choice was a little uh um I'm not gonna say fully incorrect, but uh a reach. I would not have called it a Birds of Prey movie. It was definitely a Harley Quinn movie with the Birds of Prey origin in it. Right. Uh because I mean in, in her, her kinda her epilogue, uh she talks about how she took took cassie under her wing and they're traveling around and she's teaching her things and she saved the day and blah 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 but those other three they're doing this weird thing they're sticking to it they're fighting crime in gotham as a three-girl group and they call themselves the birds of prey how ridiculous is that i mean we didn't get the birds of prey till the last 20 minutes so i would i would agree that the title was was probably uh misspoken if you will yeah and Um, i guess for me it's like you know i I hope that they do more, but at the same time, I don't really care if they make a Birds of Prey sequel. I just want more Harley Quinn. I just want more Margot Robbie. And that has nothing to do with the fact that, you know, she's so beautiful and, you know, uh, all that. Like, she is, trust me, but... It's her performance. It's her performance. She was just great. She was she was so entertaining. Yeah. So, but when you, you walk away from a movie Birds of Prey and... Yeah. Harley's really the only one that I cared about that much. 
then know, it was a Harley maybe, Quinn movie. Yeah, maybe something missed the mark a little bit, but all things considered, like you said, nine out of ten, uh, very high now recommendations we are, from us. We are getting a, a Suicide Squad reboot. It's a sequel, right. but it's not a sequel that James Gunn is doing. Right. Um, we know that Boomerang is back. The Boomerang. The Rick Flag is back from the original Suicide Squad. Okay. Um, we don't know if Harley's in it yet because she you know she broke out. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure she is. I think that was is? confirmed. Actually, okay. Yeah. So she's back. Um, the only erasings that we have seen is Killer Croc's been erased. I don't think Yay. he's coming back. Thank um, God. And I don't think that uh, Will Smith's uh, Deadshot is coming back. However, some of the replacements we've seen is Idris Elba's playing a, a character that we don't really know much about. Um, Pete uh, from, what's his name? He's from SNL. He dated uh, Ariana for Pete a Davidson. while. Pete Davidson's playing a character in the Suicide Squad. He's in the Suicide Squad. Nathan Fillion's uh, going to be in it. Yes. John Cena. uh and I think we'll get to see some of those outrageous Suicide Squad members that you don't hear about much, like Kite Man and all them. Uh, Michael Rooker's going to be in it. Oh, of course. It's a gun movie. Yep. That's his best friend. Uh, so I'm, I am excited about that. We do get to see more Harley Quinn. And we hopefully get to see the Suicide Squad as it should be. Um, but like I said earlier, I hope that this successful movie, that this this movie that we loved, this 9 out of 10 movie... Um, continues the the roll down the hill in a positive manner. Um, I agree. And I think that with Gunn on board... Um, actually, a uh, fun fact. Did you know that Gunn and Snyder worked together before? Mm, refresh my memory on what? It was a zombie movie. It was the Dawn of the Dead reboot in the mall. Gunn wrote it. Snyder directed it. Okay. Yeah, it pretty, I didn't and, know that. And that wasn't... It was pretty good. I liked it. I enjoyed that one. Um, but again, I, I can't talk positive enough about this movie. If you were letting the marketing make the choice for you or what you last saw Harley Quinn in make the choice for you, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Uh, don't let those things make the choice for you. Don't let the internet make the choice for you. Go see the movie. Definitely and, and, check it out. And don't, you know, um, I saw on Twitter today, uh, there's a a few podcasts that we are friends with. Uh, They were tweeting about the movie Birds of Prey. Um, And they were tweeting very, very high praise about it. And one Twitter, uh, one podcast Twitter said that we're going to wait until it's on Vudu. And I didn't have to chime in. Someone else chimed in and said, you miss so much of the experience. If you don't see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. Some movies you can wait until it comes out. But these comic book movies, I think you you miss a lot of the experience if you don't see it in theater. Like, obviously, you could have waited till A Star is Born to come out on DVD. And you wouldn't have missed it. I love that movie. I'm a big fan of that movie. But missing that in theaters isn't like missing Endgame in theaters. Or uh-huh. this movie. Or... Black Widow when it comes out. Those right. movies, most of the experience of it is because you're in a theater on a massive screen with surround sound. And, and surrounded by people who are, you know, fanatics of that stuff just yeah. like us. And, you know, there were 
reactions from people when yes. certain things happen. Yes, there know? was clapping and applause and, yeah. and, 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 and <gasps> you know, shocked. To, like, when some of the moments we got shocked at, you could hear people around us doing the same thing. Yeah. So being it's with... It's definitely a big, like, community event. These movies, yes. when they come out, the nerd community, we nerd all gather herd. together. We There you go. We yeah. all get together. We, we we see the movie. We react, and, and it's a great experience. And then, of course, you know all the talk right after the fact. That's so yeah. much fun as well. So, yeah, definitely check it out, people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, this has been fun to talk about. Um, again, nine out of ten. Go see it. Uh, any final thoughts on the Birds of Prey, JD? I think we've we've covered it pretty concisely my friend i think we've we've definitely hit the nail right on the head on this one absolutely the mallet on the head there you go um so next week you know we we've talked about the man of steel recently so it's only right that we talk about the man of iron uh nice that's right we're gonna talk about iron man his history his journey the impact that he has had on our culture today and i'm so thrilled that we're diving back into the the marvel world just for a little bit just kind of you've given me you have given me enough time the past uh what two months Mm -hmm. we have done primarily dc stuff Mm -hmm. so i'm very thankful and Iron Man is someone I will happily talk about. Absolutely. Uh, especially with his impact on the MCU. I mean, I truly will say, without Iron Man and uh, Favreau, there is no MCU. I agree, 100%. Uh, and I'm going to, uh, over the course of the next week, go back and watch Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. Me as well. Because it's been a minute since I've seen 2 and 3. Uh, yeah. So uh, I want to check those out again, and we'll have lots to discuss next week. Well, I mean, I will do the same because, to be honest, man, this this rain does not look like it's going away anytime soon. Still, uh, so I will definitely do that. And if you all have questions or thoughts on Iron Man or what we just talked about, Birds of Prey, uh, please send those in. Uh, and we are very thankful to all of our Patreon supporters. Uh, because of you all, we get to uh, not just do what we love to do and uh, have fun doing it. Um, we get to, uh, you know, do a little extra for you all. Um, we've had our Mandalorian Mondays. We've got some more Patreon-exclusive stuff coming soon. Um, it was actually a Patreon supporter, uh, Stephanie, uh, who I went to high school with, who gave us the idea for the March Madness Bracket. Yeah. Of nerd stuff. Uh, so thank you again, Stephanie, for that idea. Um, and every week uh, we send out bloopers of the week to Patreon supporters, which um, there are a lot of those that we tend to have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, especially since we're not in the same room anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but so thank you to all of tricky. it does it makes it very tricky uh but it is a, a fun adventure to be a part of with you doctor um, um and also so, shout out before we go when we saw mm-hmm. birds of prey we took zach from advertising expressions with us big we supporter did. of the show big fan of the show great friend to us so shout out to you zach and thanks for everything you do yeah zach uh can't wait to uh get started on our next shirt or hat um 
I've been a little, um, a little distant since I found out he betrayed me and went behind my back with you, um, in creating that terrible shirt that I, I now have to wear at some what, what, what future shirt is, moment. What shirt is that? It's on it. We talked about it. I'm not saying the word. I can't recall. It's, probably, it's hanging up behind you, dude. I know it still is. Oh, it's actually or, in front of me. I'm looking at it right now. It's in front of you. <laughs> shirt um, that happens to have a, a, a certain... Uh, a certain item that is used to cover one's boo-boos. <laughs> and it's not dry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one, oh. might, one might say that it is wet. Uh, we'll stop there. You can stop with wet. <laughs> one might say that it is... <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Moist. Kids sleeping. Ugh. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Oh, Lord. Well, <laughs> I am not looking forward to having to wear that, so... It's going to be a great day when it happens. Oh, yeah. Um, it's sort of like sort of like the, sl- like the slap bet, you know? Like, you yeah. just, you're waiting on those slaps to happen. They're going to happen at, at any point. You don't know when. You don't know where. Kind of like the, the moist Band-Aid shirt. Uh, uh, it's going to hit you when you least expect it, and you're going to have to sport it in public in front of people. Maybe you should have to wear it to Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania. Oh, God. That'd be awful. Yeah. I don't I know. I mean, it'd, it'd be successful for what the shirt's intended to be. I don't know. But I think i got to think even bigger than that, though. But, oh my gosh. depending on where we sit, the shirt could make it on TV. So. I am shocked that you didn't have us have me wear it when we did our, our thing with Freddy Cat. I'm very shocked that you... Didn't make me wear it then. Well, unfortunately, I did not think of it at the time. Good. Unfortunately for me... I'm going to give you ideas. Lucky for you. (laughs) Well, uh, again, listeners, thank you very much. Um, And like we said earlier, we are going to WrestleMania. Offer stands. Please let us know if you're going to be there. We would love to meet you, especially if you listen to the show. Um, And uh, we can't wait to talk about Iron Man next week. Yeah. And I Uh, will see you there and... We will catch you nerds later. What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry. The voices. (laughs) I'm kidding. That's not what they really said. You've been listening to the 30 and Nerdy Podcast with your hosts, Josh Davis and Tyler McDaniel. Brought to you by Advertising Expressions, Encore Theatrical Company, and Freddy Cat Productions. 30 and Nerdy is a Next Wave podcast and a Badcast Company production. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join the conversation using the hashtag 30andNerdyPod. Find us in the Pod Nation on Podchaser.com and rate this episode. Got something to say? Let us know. Email us at 30andNerdyPod at gmail.com. Cheers to you, nerds. That's all, folks. Thank you.